Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. I want to talk to you today about the heart. Not just the heart, but a new heart. Jesus came not to just look at our heart or deal with our heart. He came to give us a brand new heart and to soften our heart. And here's a few scriptures that won't be on the screen. Um, it says, man looks to the outward appearance, says Samuel, but the Lord looks at the heart. In the time of judgment, God will expose the hidden counsels of the heart. So when God comes to judge, he's looking to the heart, not to your exterior, not to your body, not to anything else, to your heart. A happy heart makes the face, the face cheerful, but the heartache, but heartache crushes the spirit. Heart, all about the heart. Ezekiel 36 and 26 says, I will give you a new heart and put in a new spirit in you. I will remove from your heart of stone. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I'm telling you, some people in here and your heart's had a hard time. Life has beat you up, but, but I've got good news for you that God wants to give you a new heart. He wants to give you a heart of flesh, not of stone. He wants to break up the hardness of heart and to soften it. Why? So that he can get in and the life that he intended for you to live can get in also. Can I get an amen? amen. And so what is, what is a heart? You know, today we probably think of when we hear the word heart more from a scientific point of view or anatomy and physiology, we're thinking more about the physical heart when we, see, we hear the word heart. But in this ancient time, they were thinking something different. When Jesus spoke about the heart, he wasn't talking about just the physical uh, part of the heart. Um, this is where sometimes knowledge can distract or, or maybe even the days in which we live can take away from the true message of what we read. And so the heart was this, the center of hidden emotion, intellectual, moral activity. It was like where all of your thoughts, your feelings, your mindsets, your, your beliefs, your, your dreams, all of that stuff mixed into one part is what they seemed to be the heart. It was the, the inner, the activity of the this inner self. And so it was nothing really to do with the outside, although the outside was connected to it. And so let's just pray before we start. And ask God just to bless this time together. God, I just ask you, God, help us to not just know about a new heart, but to experience it. God, come and speak to your heart. Help me to reveal your heart for us and to realign our hearts with anything uh, from anything that's causing destruction or, or dysfunction within our heart. Give us a new heart, Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So I want to talk about a few stories that I've read this week in our devotion, uh, and I'm going to start in, in Matthew. This is a story in Matthew, um, and it's Jesus speaking, and, and, and the Pharisees, who, who are the religious people, who, who are about tradition, and, and they haven't just taken the law of Moses and the Old Testament, they've actually added to it. 
that I'm just taking the basics, the heart of God. They've actually added to the heart of God, and this is what happens. It says, then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus. So these were experts with head knowledge. They knew all the head knowledge and all these laws. They, they came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, and why do you break the command, the command of God for the sake of your tradition? So they're going back and forth here. And for, for God said, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you said that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honor their father and mother with it. Thus, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. The people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship in vain. Their, teaching, their teachings are merely human rules. So what was going on here is these people were not honoring their father and mother, and they were using what maybe the resource or the money or the, or the provision and they were giving it to tradition or, or to religion or to the function, certain kind of function in the community in regards to religion and the house of God. And so what had happened was Jesus is basically saying, you're trying to call me out for getting it wrong, but you have lost the core heart of the message. You've lost what, what was once said. It's, got, it's become confusing and they've nearly justified because... Let's, let's, let's break it down. When they're trying to give their, their time, energy, and resource to, to tradition or religion, what they were doing in that circumstance was really, they were trying to look good in front of people, in front of peers. They were trying to gain influence with people. They were trying to feel more valuable on the outside, but, but Jesus is saying, you're neglecting your inside. The matters of the heart need to be dealt with. And so the first point I want to make to you is, let's make sure that we don't have full lips and empty hearts. Come on, we need, we need to lay off the lip filler. Some of you guys, you need to lay off the lip filler. Too much being pumped into those lips. And Jesus was saying, we need to start focusing more on the inside. We're missing the point. We're missing the true heart of God here. We've become too focused on the outward appearance. And we forgot God's true heart. We're, we're running around busy. It's so easy to come to church, to do tradition, to do routine, to re even read your Bible and miss the heart. I, I done it this week. <laughs> I, there's a few times where I was just busy. And quite honestly, I started work before I prayed. And my mind was already, my heart was already, my emotions were already in function, in drive mode. And then I tried to catch up and do devotion. After that, I couldn't, I couldn't relax. I couldn't settle my heart. I was thinking about all the things and tasks I needed to complete. And so if I'm honest, I, there's a few days where I'd done my devotion, but I didn't really do my devotion. I gained, now, it wasn't all lost. I gained head knowledge. I gained something. 
a bit of understanding about some stories, some reminders about some stories in the Bible, but my heart was empty, if I'm honest. And as, so, so I thought, right, I need to realign. I need to try and fix this. And, and how I fixed that was before I'd done anything in that day is I, I went first to God. I prayed first before I'd done anything else, before I got into work mode, which is okay, but I just find it hard to relax when I'm in work mode. I then prayed first, and I, I had my devotion first, and what it, it done for me was it, it helped my heart to be exposed. It helped me to become vulnerable before God. It helped me to actually receive from His heart. And I believe this is what Jesus is telling the Pharisees, is you're too busy doing work. You're too busy trying to work with, on the outside. You're filling your lips with all the spiritual words, and you're going down to the temple, and you're going down... Uh, to the church, and you're doing all the things, and it looks good on the surface, but your heart is hard. You forgot what really matters. You're neglecting the very people closest to you, your family. I've called you to honor your father and your mother, but you've neglected that because you're too busy trying to get one up you're too busy trying to impress other people. You're t- and he said, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Because who judges the heart? God. He doesn't judge the exterior. Yeah, actually, there's a, a verse in the Scripture, some of you have maybe seen this, where, where the Pharisees were telling God, hey, we, we prophesied in your name. We healed in your name. We converted in your name. And Jesus more said, I never knew you. Why? Because it was outward. The motives weren't pure. They weren't connected to the heart of God. They were, they were busy bodies. And I, I don't know about you, it's easy to fall into that. It's easy to even go to church and just kind of gain head knowledge and get puffed up. That's easy. It's not helpful. But, but what is it, if we're going to convince anybody to who Jesus is, if we're going to see God move it at all within our families and our friends and, our, and people we're connected to, someone actually said this during the week, it's, it's not your worship that's going to do it. It's not raising hands in worship, which you should. It's good to express and have freedom of worship. But that's not going to change someone's life. It's not how much you read the Bible that's going to see people come to faith. It's not going to be how much you give? It's, it's, it's not. All those things are helpful, but if you don't get first things first, it's meaningless in a lot of ways. Well, what is it then, Phil? You know what it is? And I read this during the week. It's so true. It's a transformed life. That's what changes people. When they see the change and the obedience that you're actually following Jesus and you actually love and care for your family and people around you. And come on, you've been around people. (laughs) You've been around people that say they're a Christian. Yeah? And they're they're judgmental. And it's not even about what they say. You sense there's something, they're, they're not accepting me. You sense they're not really for you. You sense that they're, they're judging you. They mightn't say it, but you know it. 
Because often people don't really care so much about what you say. They often care more about how you, you make them feel. You can sense when somebody has genuine love. Even if you don't agree with everything that they say, you can sense genuine love. You can sense genuine affection. You can sense genuine compassion from someone's heart. Can I get an amen? And so, let's not fall for full lips and empty hearts. And I believe the only way we can get full hearts is by coming before God in devotion and actually getting vulnerable. Not just doing tradition, not just doing routine, not just going through the rhythm and saying, oh, I've ticked the box. I find myself doing that a wee bit this week. Oh, I just got to get this through. Why? Well, because I got to get some stuff done today. I'm busy. I'm not really switching off. I'm not really devoting my heart. And so therefore, God doesn't touch my heart, doesn't speak to my heart. It's sad, but I've seen so many leaders as I've went over the last 10, 20 years and I've been around leaders and I can tell very quickly in church this is that their hearts have grown hard and, and they're in routine and they're just doing it for the sake of doing it. And I'm not saying you can't have seasons like that. I think it's still good that you show up, but it's not good that you stay that way. It's, it, that, that's when my heart starts to go cold or my heart starts to get maybe frustrated at things it didn't used to get frustrated at, it indicates to me, Phil, there's something that you're believing that isn't right. There's something that you've let in. There's something that you're seeing or, or connected to that's not right. And I think Jesus is saying exactly the same thing. That's why connect groups are about connecting to people. Devotion is about connecting to God. I promise you this, you cannot connect to a holy God and not come away changed. You just can't. It's impossible. So the question I have for you, if you're not getting changed by devotion and reading, well, maybe it's time to go a little bit deeper beneath the surface. Maybe it's time to sit in that place where you feel empty and, 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 and surrender and to let go and hand your heart to God because that's the open door. So, so then Jesus goes on to say, Jesus called, Jesus called to him and said, listen and understand what goes into, he's trying to explain this scenario because they were confused. Listen and understand what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them, meaning that's where the sin comes from. The sin isn't about what you're eating. Because we hear that saying, you are what you eat. But, you know, I've, I've had loads of food and I haven't turned, like I've had an apple, I didn't turn into an apple. Because it, it's not really true. They're maybe talking, that, that sounds maybe more about health. It's maybe talking about generally, if you eat healthy, you become healthy. Your body's looked after, I get that. But, but Jesus said, no, only because you eat something doesn't mean your heart is changed. It's nothing really as much to do with that as it is to do with what comes out of you. Because why? We're deeper than just the physical. We're deeper than just reading something on the surface. This is why Jesus said, I don't, I don't judge the outward appearance. It's the inside that matters. I'm not looking to what you're doing on the outside. I'm looking at what the inside is like. Because if you you can fake it on the outside all day, and you can have the wrong motives in doing so, but, it, but that's why God looks to the heart. I, I say that, I've said this before. I believe God can use somebody that gets it wrong with the right heart 
than somebody who's got the wrong heart but's getting it right on the outside. Well, what do you mean, Phil? I mean, what, what I mean is that someone's motive's wrong on the inside and there's selfishness and there's pride and there's, it's ugly on the inside and they're not, because they're not connected with God if it's like that because God's holy and he can't connect to that stuff without changing it. And so if it's, it's toxic on the inside, but you're performing well on the outside, well, what happens is if anyone ever corrects or gives you feedback on the outside, you can't cope with it because you're toxic on the inside. You can't, you can't grow. You, you're trying to compete probably. You're trying to become something and, and, and please man and, and get value on the outside. And, and when someone tries to maybe press beyond the outside, will they find the toxic stuff on the inside? When life presses you, then, then the inside squeezes out. Whereas if someone is on the outside and they're getting it wrong, but not intentionally, but their heart's good on the inside, what happens when they're squeezed is they're teachable. They have the ability to grow. They want to learn. They want feedback. They're humble in heart. And so, therefore, they progress because the insight is pure. And so, I would far rather have some people in my team who have got a pure heart but don't have it all together on the outside, but I can work with them. We can talk it out. We can be honest with each other with grace and love. Whereas if I got someone on the outside who's got it all polished, I know if I, if I challenge that person at all, oh boy, Get ready. There's going to be dysfunction about to erupt here. The volcano is about to explode. And then there's a mess to clean up. Are you with me? So we're not just surface deep. We're deeper than just the physical. It's in the heart that matters. There's actually a verse that talks about this um, in Proverbs 23. It says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As he thinks on the inside, so are we. But, but the, the, the context of that verse is about actually feeding someone. And, and this is the, the message version of this. I don't, know, I don't think I put the message version up, but um, this is what it says. Don't accept a meal from a tightwad. <laughs> tightwad? I haven't heard that in a while. Don't expect anything special. He'll be as stingy as he, <laughs> as he is with himself inside identity, how you see yourself. He'll say, oh, I do have it up, do you? He'll say, eat, drink, but won't mean a word of it. His misery serving will turn your stomach when you realize the meal's a sham. <laughs> he doesn't really want to feed you. He's just doing it on the outside. His heart, he's, he's a miser in his heart. He's tight. He's a tightwad. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, do not be a tightwad. Don't be a tightwad. Well, how do you not be a tightwad? What a word. Bible's great, isn't it? How do you not be a tightwad? Well, you've got to fix the inside of your heart. Because a tightwad doesn't want to, want to let go. Have you ever been to someone, maybe you're in school when you were younger, and someone's got a big pack of McCoys or Monster Munch, and you're like, can I have one? And they're like, they're like, okay. And, and the, 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 they've got the bag, right? And they've opened it, but there's the tiniest wee hole. 
And they grab on the, the bottom, like the majority of the, the crisps are in their hand. They're like, go ahead. And you're like, can I get in? Like, open the bag. And they're like, oh, oh. Tightwad. They don't really want, you ask, but they don't, the answer was really no in their heart. But, but they're like, to please, you know, they knew that socially acceptable would be to share. So that, oh. I remember trying to, this guy I used to, I probably was messing around a wee bit, but in, in school, there was a guy and didn't like to share his chips. So, you know, because he didn't want to give the chips, guess what we wanted to do? Nick won. And literally, he was stabbing us with his knife. Like his fork, like, get off. Tight water. And I, what I find with him in that scenario is what, he thought the world was against him. His identity was he was a victim. And he thought every, he didn't want to share. He wanted to hold on to his life because he just felt that the world was against him. People were against him. And, and that caused him to be a miser and to be tight on the inside. But Jesus didn't call us to that. He called us to be generous. But you can't be generous truly until it's in your heart. And that's why when we look to the cross and the generosity of God and we understand the cross that God gave his son and you start to realize what that really means, you realize you've been given much, so therefore you can give much. That your life is not your own, you were bought at a, at a price. And so therefore you, it's, it's easier to lay your life down when you realize what you've been saved from. You then are willing to sacrifice your life to save others. But don't be a tightwad. The problem is in the heart. It goes on to say in Matthew 15, Then the disciples came to him and asked, Do you know what the Pharisees were offended? That the Pharisees were offended when they heard this. He replied, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them, they are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Leave them. Leave what, Phil? See, a healthy heart needs to ruthlessly eliminate toxic situations. Jesus recognized the situation with these Pharisees who were all about outside, posterior, filling their lips with right, thought, right words, trying to look right on the outside. He was saying, leave them. This is toxic for your heart. You will catch what they have caught, and they'll lead you into a pit. So, so some of us, I believe, we need to leave some thoughts behind. Some thoughts about how life works behind. Some thoughts of just living for the now and not the then. Some of us need to, be, you know, we need to leave some people behind because they're hurting you and they're affecting how you see the world around you. They're affecting how you see God. Jesus was ruthless. Leave him. You need to leave, maybe some of us, we need to leave some bad habits, sinful habits behind. All it's doing is throwing you into a pit, blinding your eyes, hardening your heart. Some of us need to leave unforgiveness behind. I was reading the scripture in Matthew 18 this morning. And Jesus left no room for unforgiveness. No room. If you're not forgiving people, you're disobedient. It's that simple. 
Because Jesus knew if you don't forgive them, you're blinding yourself. If you do not forgive them as I have forgiven you, your heart will become hard. You have to forgive them. It's not a choice if you want to stay free. If you want to live the way Jesus called you to live, you have to forgive. Leave it behind. Or you fall into a ditch. Then it goes on to say, Peter said, explain, to the, explain the parable to us. Are you, Jesus said this. Are you, are you still so dull? <laughs> Who am I working with here? Come on, guys. Jesus asked them, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the stomach? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. And these defile them, for, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, Adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands do not defile them. He's like, that's secondary. That's good. But it doesn't change your heart. It doesn't clean your heart. It doesn't wash your heart. It doesn't fix the problems of murder in your mind of jealousy in your mind, of slander in your, in your mind. Because when it gets into your mind, there's a good chance it'll come out of your mouth. Our life is going, someone said this, our life is going in the direction of our strongest thoughts. They actually say that we have about 50,000 thoughts per day. And the problem is trying to Control 50,000 thoughts a day is, is impossible. You can maybe do a few, 20, 30, 100, but not, not 50,000. 50, and so Jesus is addressing us all the time about changing what we believe. Because our beliefs drive our thoughts, but also our thoughts point us to our beliefs. If we're thinking jealousy, if we're thinking unforgiveness, if we're thinking anger, I guarantee you, you believe something about somebody that needs to be fixed. You believe that they deserve it, but you forgot that you deserved it also. And so you're trying to be the judge, you're trying to punish people, but that's God's job. And so as soon as you realize that's God's job, you change your belief and say, God, I let down. Thank you for forgiving me. I pray you forgive them and you bless them and you change them. Your beliefs change, your thoughts change. No longer the bitterness has a hold on you. No longer has unforgiveness a hold on you. Why? Because you changed your belief. Instead of you being the person that has to fix this, now God is the person, Jesus is the person that fixes it. And you're free. You're out of the jail of bitterness, you're out of the jail of slander. It's, no longer is that person paying, is living rent-free in your mind. Freedom. And so we have to guard our heart. We don't just have to free our heart by aligning our beliefs with what God says. We then have to guard our heart to maintain a place of freedom. Because out of the heart comes everything. Out of the heart... Even, even looking, this is, why, this is why God really looks at the heart. You, you could be up here leading worship. You could be on the ushers. You could, I could be teaching here with a bad heart. I might be presenting the truth, and that's good. 
But if my motor's not right, it will lead me to destruction. It'll lead me down the wrong path into the ditch. I can start to think of myself more than I should. Get addicted to a position, get addicted to a place, get addicted to a stage. If I don't protect my heart and humble my heart. And so what I do before I come up every Sunday, I say, God, thank you for the opportunity that you gave me. This is your stage. This is your church. These are your people. I'm detaching my beliefs from a toxic belief that, oh, this is my church. This is my stage. I'm detaching my beliefs and guarding my heart from pride, which will destroy me because what comes before a fall? Pride. And so I've got to protect my beliefs, protect my heart. And what it does is it keeps me free. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. And another version would say it protects us from the issues of life because out of the heart comes the issues. Only because you feel it in your heart doesn't mean it's right. You could be excited about the wrong thing. And I want to finish with this. I feel like in this season, there's been a lot going on. There's been a lot of change, location, jobs, relationships, a lot of change, a lot of pain, a lot of pressure on all of those things. And just felt I want to encourage someone this week as you're going through those things, as you're in the process, as, as you deal with not being in control, I felt like God was saying there's opportunity on the other side. But it cannot come unless you press in. It cannot come. I was actually talking to Rebecca's dad um, this week, and he was sharing with me just about how he'd kind of done church for years and he just went through the motions in some ways and just in and out and he had actually he worked as uh, he's worked in a pharmacy right he still works there but he owned a pharmacy and he actually said I'd done a course in another church up north and and I realized that my identity was in the pharmacy that's what I was living for and that's that was my chief goal really and that's what had my heart and then he, he'd done a course on what it is to have an identity in Christ and he realized, whoa, he found out in knowledge what that looked like, but then he learned in practice. And he realized, whoa, in order to maintain an identity in Christ as I went into work, I had to press in. I couldn't just go in with a natural mind, a natural mindset, a natural heart. I had to press in beyond that and realize, God, I got to pursue you here. You only seem to move when I pursue you. In prayer, you only seem to, to move when I actually spend time with you. You only seem to touch my heart, maintain my heart, change my heart when I seek you. And he says, when I've done that, it changed everything. It activated my heart. It changed my sight. I would now walk into work and I realize I've got a mission here. And, and if, I, if I press into God, if I seek God, I find him. And when I find him, I, I see the way he sees. 
I'm in the same room in the pharmacy now. And I, I now, God is now putting words on my heart for people. He's, he's probing me. He's, he's, he's encouraging me to go and speak to people and give me random thoughts of encouragement for other people. That's how God works. But it's so, so easy just to live natural. It's so, so easy just to come to church once a week, not read your Bible, let's be honest, not pray really, maybe we surface prayer, but I'm telling you, if you want a new heart, if you want a soft heart, if you want a free heart, if you want an open heart, if you want a heart that will shift and move mountains, if you want God to do great things in other people's heart, if you want to honor your parents and, and have genuine love for others, it's going to come through pressing past the surface in prayer regularly and you'll come alive. That's where the spiritual gifts come into play. It's powerful. It's more exciting. I think your dad's more excited now when he does that. It's not just the pharmacy. This is just ministry. This is just opportunity. I have the ability in my workplace to change people's lives for the gospel. It's not just work no longer. It's ministry opportunities. It's a space for the Holy Spirit to land and touch people. It's powerful. Let's go ahead and stand. So maybe there's some people here with all the heads bowed and eye closed. There's maybe some people in here and you've went through a hard time the last year or two. Some, some events in your life, some circumstances aren't easy. And you need God to change your heart. You want God to change your heart. You want strength. You want access to what he offers. Or there's maybe hardness in your heart, there's bitterness or whatever it is. Listen, you can change that right now. But we've got to press in. We've got to make a simple decision to change our mind. That's what repentance really means, just change your mind, turn around. So maybe there's somebody in here, I'd love to pray for you and just let's press in together. There's maybe an area in your life where you need strength and you need to change your mind about who you are maybe, about who another person is. And you want to do that right now. If that's you, I don't know what your situation is. I don't really need to know, but I'd love to pray for you in this moment. Go ahead and raise your hand. I'd love to pray with you. With every head bowed and eye closed. You want to change your mind about something or somebody or maybe about who you are. See that hand. Anyone else? This is a great time to press in. I see that hand. I see that hand. Anyone else? See that hand. Come on, this is a great time to press in. Change our beliefs. Change how we see. God, I just pray and thank you for those people that have just signified that they want to press in and change their mind. God, I just pray, Father, you just help them to solidify that in their heart. That, God, you've given them permission to change their mind and to change their future. I thank you, Father, for their strength and for their boldness. I pray this week that we would just press in beyond the surface and, and pray beyond the surface and read beyond the surface and God, Holy Spirit, move within us by your Spirit. In Jesus' name. Or maybe in here, you want to make a decision to invite Jesus to come and save you from all of your sin, to repent, to turn around and say, God, I give you 
my life. I give you my weight. I give you my sin and all my failures of past, present, and future. And I want to start again with you. I want to start brand new, a fresh start. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.